DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's time to bring in Nick Ford, Utah offensive lineman. He's joining us on the Smart Rain guest line. Best of State winner Smart Rain has an incredible Black Friday offer running for the entire month of November. Smart Rain is giving free controllers along with a free Apple iPad to commercial properties who sign up with a paid cellular hosting subscription. Visit SmartRain.net or call 877-346-3333. Nick, good morning. Good morning. I don't even know if I'm supposed to introduce you as a center anymore or as a guard. <laughs> You've played it all. I thought you settled in at center, and I turned on the game Saturday, and they're raving about your ability to move over, and the line doesn't miss a beat. So yeah. how should I refer to you now? Uh, I'm just an offensive lineman, man. Whatever whatever my team needs, whatever whoever needs, this, this, that's what I'm going to play and do. Yeah, because what, what positions haven't you played on the offensive line? Uh... I've played them all. I've even, I've even blocked out of a tight end for, uh, as a tight end in Colorado back in the day. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Yeah. Okay, cool. Oh, uh, come on. Tight end? I see you sliding <laughs> to the back of the end zone, showing off your athletic ability. Cam maybe overthrows it a little bit, and you show your hops, fingertip catch, <laughs> drag a toe. Oh, yeah. uh, one day, man. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, you're better than Keithy. I already knew that, man. <laughs> oh, no, no. <laughs> as far as looking ahead to the NFL, uh, how much do you think this will benefit to you for you for your versatility that you've shown while in college? Uh, you know, I don't I don't try to look ahead much. I understand that you know it, it will be beneficial to me, but uh, you know, I'm more more worried about what I got right now because if I you know get lost with what I have ahead of me, then I mean this is gonna all fall apart. So it's important adjusting what I have now and doing the best I can. There is nothing as dangerous as thinking you've made it. Mm-hmm. Does Kyle tell you that all the time? Is that one of the things the coaches are on you guys about? Uh, 100%. I mean, the, he's built this program to go week in, week out, 1-0. And, you know, we understand where we sit and where we are. But that's like it's exactly like the NFL question you just asked me. This, this team's not going to look forward to where we're about to be. The only thing we're looking forward to where we're about to be is this Friday. We're not looking down the road to December. We're looking down the road to this Friday and playing at Stanford. When a position change is made, now it's very unusual during the season to have it. Obviously, it's done more frequently in the off season. But in this case, how much consultation was there with you to make sure this is something that you're comfortable with? About two days prior to the game, and <laughs> it was like, uh, yeah, you're going to play left guard, and we're going to bump Paul in. And, Paul, you've been waiting for this moment. You're a hell of a player. And, Nick, as you know, you're, uh, I trust you a lot in this room, and I know you can get the job done. I was, yeah. Hey, Paul Miley, let's go, man. Let's get it, man. Did you talk to him about uh, taking a breath before he snaps the ball? Because I thought of the story you told us about being hyped up by the crowd and some of those shotgun snaps weren't as good as you would have liked. And Cam Rising caught those two snaps, but there were a couple there that probably weren't as good as anyone liked. You tell him, take a deep breath. I had the same problem. Yeah, exactly. Which, I mean, I know I helped him. It's just having another center out there, especially the ones who's made past mistakes and um, you know, grew from that and also, uh, you know, to my own horn, but, you know, as a talented guy and he, that's what he constantly tells me, you know, it helps him out and it's going to be good for him in the long run. And I mean, at the very start of the game, he had that high snap and 
I looked at him, and Cam was like, hey, hey, relax, Paul, you got a high snap. I looked at him, I said, hey, Paul, hey, I know you're hyped up right now, but take a deep breath, let's walk, walk to the line of scrimmage, uh, you know, because he's a real, real tense guy. So I told him, you know, I know we like to jump up to the line, but, you know, it's pretty slow, walk up to the line. And Coach Ludd did an awesome job switching it to an under, under center snap to get his confidence back under him. And then we went back to shotgun, and before we went out there, I said, Hey, Paul, just breathe, get out there and relax, do your thing. And, you know, he started fixing them and settling in. So even though you move, then you'd still take upon the same type of leadership role, uh, not to be in the center, but being in a different position. But as far as you being a leader along the offensive line and really for the, for the offense and then taking it a step more for the team, that really hasn't changed anything. Yeah, 100%. I mean, uh, I I talked to all the boys on the sideline and made sure they were calm and you know contained and also had fun with everybody and including the skills as well and um, even you know just telling Paul to breathe and calm down. But when it came to like coming up to the line of scrimmage, I try to uh, be quiet and uh, you know let Paul run the show because he was at center. Um, you know there's a couple of miscues that. Uh, you know, happened on the field, and I corrected them. You know, I, I changed, uh, you know, where we were working, what we were doing, where we were sliding. Uh, but for the most part, I just let Paul run the show, and he did a hell of a job doing it. And, you know, I feel like that at, that's just a way of me showing my respect and trust in Paul, just sure. letting him go ahead and, you know, take over. So I thought I knew the answer to this question, but when we were talking after the USC game, you were telling me about, you, you told us how you looked at the secondary and you knew the flea flicker was going to work because they won high and all that. So I'm yeah. curious, when you're running the ball, do you know when you're lining up and you know where the protection's going, you know how you're blocking it, do you know before the snap that Tavion Thomas is going to break a big, or whoever's a running back, is going to break a big run? Or is it a thing where you're locked up with some guy, maybe the two of you have gone to the ground and, you know, it's a mosh pit there in the O-line, so you hear the crowd. I've heard guy, I've had guys say, I knew when he ran by me, I could feel the air. It was like he created wind and he whooshed by me. I knew he was gone. How do you know when Thomas is running for score, four scores? How do you know he's gone? Uh, I mean, it's just a combination of everything. Uh there's plays where where it'll be a match pit because you know that's how football is, and sometimes it's our coaches, you know, like it. They're like, oh, we don't care if it's four or five yard gain every play. We're gonna go ahead and get that four or five yards. It's gonna be bloody and all that. And um, yeah, so like, there's those times where you know you go ahead and get to hit, and then all of a sudden someone starts yelling, and you get up, and you're like, oh. And then uh, there's other plays where you like look, and you're like, yeah, like they they are screwed, like they. They did not know what was about to happen. Like, once the tower had that big hit, they were bringing up pressure, and they didn't exchange their personnel, and I knew he was pulling out to a smaller guy, and I was like, oh, no. He's about to murder this dude. <laughs> and then me and Bam just collapsed that front side, and, I mean, we were on the nine-yard line, and Tower went and murdered the dude, and, uh, you know, the whole left side of the line had everyone on the one-yard line, so we knew that play was over, and then... Um, there's also those plays where you're blocking and all of a sudden you just hear a car accident. You see Tavion kill him there. <laughs> you're back on the road this week, and three of your losses all have been on the road in, in conference, right? I mean, you won at SC, so it's not like you can't win on the road. Uh, I don't think that's uh, we can fair to say. But at the same time, you did lose three games out on the road. 
is there anything to that as far as what you need to be aware of to make sure that that doesn't happen again? Uh, I don't believe so. The past is the past. That's something to learn from. Um, you know, and all those all those games were with talented teams, and you know, both sides of the ball played a hell of a game. And uh, it's not like we've gotten blown out. There hasn't been a game where we've gotten blown out. It's just you know, good competition. And I think that uh, you know we're going into this game with the mentality, thinking that you know we got to get it done. And Stanford is a talented team, so we got to respect them. I mean. They beat Oregon and they beat SC, so they're fully capable, and we need to go in there. And if we play the game that we're capable of playing, I mean, the results should come out. So the offensive line had issues in early in the year, but now you're moving guys around a couple days before the game. You're running the ball really well week after week. Uh, my level of confidence to you is super high. Am I missing anything? Or is the O-line at a place now where you feel like, hey, if we just do things right all week, we are going to look really good on the weekend? Uh, pretty much that. I mean, you know, we, we've stuck within our own room. Um, that's the tough part about being off his line. Everyone will hate you, and then everyone will love you. And um, we kind of understand that. And we understand that our teammates have loved us this whole time. Um, so... They've had belief in us, and uh, we're going to continue to improve. Uh, there's always stuff we need to improve on. Um, and, you know, just the communication and the finer details and uh, the more game time reps, I think, helped uh, gel everything together. And, uh, you know, there was minor mistakes that we made that, you know, no one would have noticed on um, Saturday. So we went in yesterday, watched the film, and got it all addressed. And I'm sure today we'll go out there and address those problems right away and, you know, start ultimately game planning for uh, Stanford because even though those problems were the past, they, uh, you know, there's something that Stanford could do, so we want to make sure that we fix them and continue to improve. Does the fact that the conference is just so crazy, you look at so many different examples, Stanford beating Oregon, Cal beating Oregon State, Washington State's a double-digit favorite going to Tempe and win, does all that add up and to help you guys concentrate knowing that almost like anything can happen on any given, in this case it's a Friday as opposed to Saturday in this conference? Well, yeah, I mean, this, this week is no exception, we know. Had a great game, and now we're turning around. Had to come in on Sunday, fly out on Thursday. So, you know, we're essentially losing one day of preparation. We all understand that and are getting in there um, a little bit early uh, on, you know, the players by themselves and, you know, watching film, doing things. And that's just how the Pac-12 is. Pac-12 after dark. I mean, it's the, the Pac-12 is not a friendly conference. It's a, it's a conference of champions for a reason. So, I mean, on any any given night, you know, you could have a top team beat you, you could have a top team lose. Um, so, you know, you need to go in there with the same mentality that, you know, not necessarily the, the mentality we go in is it's never going to be an easy win. Uh, some people may interpret wins as easy, like this team is not as good, this team's not as good. But, uh, you know, we go in every week saying, you know, if we play to our capability, we should continue to you know, dominate, and that's what we need to keep our eyes on: is dominating teams and not letting the gas up. Because, you know, we need to dictate the tempo and control what's what we have going on versus you know playing just just because. So, looking at the Stanford Cardinal here, everybody runs for 200 yards on Stanford except for USC and Washington State. 
But they're built to throw it. They're not built to run it. But they still both ran for 100, and SC ran for like 185. So no. I'm thinking you've watched films, seen the stats, and you got to be planning on a 200-yard week here, rushing the ball. Yeah, I mean, you know, we love running the ball. That's what this program's built off of. We love passing the ball, too. Um, and, you know, we don't get too excited because anything could happen in Pac-12, like you said. I mean, UCLA was letting up 90 yards a game, and we got 290. So, I mean, it's easily reversible. Um, you know, maybe they stack the box. Maybe they start blitzing a ton. Um, all I do know is that we're going to run the ball. We're going to open lanes. And if those lanes get open, our backs are going to go. And if they start lowering the box, then, you know, we better hope your secondary is good because the flying tech and our receivers are very talented as well. I know you talk about 1-0 each week. But come on, Nick, you're an L.A. guy. You don't dream of the Rose Bowl at all? <laughs> uh, it'd be cool. It'd be cool. Um, you know, there's always there's always time for fantasy and whatnot. Uh, you know, you may you may have a dream or two about it. Um, but ultimately, you know, it's, it, it is what I know. I mean, uh, you know, if everything goes right and you continue to go one and all, your dreams should come true. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> How long did it take for you to get all the Kyle mantras down cold? Because it does seem like you have them all down cold now. <laughs> uh, it didn't take me too long, and just like the way the way my family has kind of always been that way too—just blue collar, hard work. You know, one day at a time, and you know, good things will happen. So, Stanford recruits all over. They're not just uh, primarily West Coast or whatever it might be. But I'm wondering, do you know anybody well on that team? Oh yeah, no, I know. I know a couple people. I know uh, Elijah on the offense. Uh, Karene Reed, our linebacker, has a brother. He's their starting uh, outside linebacker at the end. Oh so yeah, there you go. That'll yeah. be fun. Yeah, that, I mean, there's, I mean, a ton of Utah boys. A bunch of people know the. Right. So it'd be pretty cool. So Stanford is not a place that packs a lot of people in. How different will the game be when it's a little, uh, a little quieter and not as uh, crazy as Rice Eccles? Um, you know, so it's, it's always different. It always, you know, changes the game. Um, but that's the thing is that's just the atmosphere, and we can't let that change the team's atmosphere. You know, we're going to go in there, and the sidelines are going to go crazy. We've already talked about it. Um, if your unit's not on the field, so if defense is up and you're a defensive replacement, you got to be out there cheering. And, you know, once the, the offense is done being addressed, go out there and start yelling on the defense and vice versa, have the defense yelling us on. And, you know, when the, our offense players are on the field, you know, get them yelling. And that's what it's going to take is just going out there and, you know, just bringing, bringing that self-juice, that self-motivation, and um, really just turning up and letting loose. What do you think are some of the biggest differences that allowed you to go – Turn a one and two start into the success you've had. I think what four and one over the last five games. Um, just uh, you know the mentality coach was brought into us, and I mean, um, you know, it's all about adversity and you know moving on and you know working hard with your head down. I mean, we lost high and that, you know that hurt us all, and we came back and uh, praised his life and determined that we need to get in the. When it's initially this, we start getting ready. Same thing when Alo passed away. We, uh, you know, we, we were very hurt by that, but we understood that he would want us to keep going and pushing. You know, work very hard, and you know that's that, that's essentially what this season has been. I mean, you, you know, you start off and you know you're doing okay, then all of a sudden you take a couple hits, and 
you know, uh, just like Halo and Ty, you know, smile through, keep on pushing. And, you know, that's that's kind of the mentality we just took in of um, adversity because this team has been, you know, this team has been through a lot. The, the individuals have been through a lot. Uh, as individuals, everyone has their own story, but as a team, everyone on this team has been through a lot. And uh, we just kind of take that and understand, you know, things with a grain of salt. And, you know, it may hurt, but you got to continue working this through. So honoring uh, those guys between the quarters, the first and third quarter, they noted on the broadcast that after both of those moments, the game restarts the second and fourth quarter, and both times you guys score on the next play. Both times you were in the red zone, so you're relatively close, but you, know, you didn't necessarily have to score, and you did. And from afar, some people will say that's a coincidence. Other people will uh, will see something in that moment and see and feel something special. I'm I'm curious how it felt to the team. And how it felt to you individually? Um, you know, as a team, we do take notice of those things. I mean, even way back when, when we started having our first tributes, and there was like the 22-yard pass and everything. And, uh, you know, we score after, uh, you know, the second and fourth quarter and all that. Um, you know, we do, I don't think not necessarily in the moment of time because we're still locked into the game of what we're doing and just honoring them and playing to the best of our abilities. But uh, we we do understand. You could you could tell that there's like a strong emotion. There's a strong emotion for the entirety of the game. But it's just like a reminder, you know. It's like it's like having that picture of your kid at your work desk. Like when you're having a tough day and you see it, and you know, it just gives you that like you know that little bit of a kick that you you knew you had. Um, and for me individually, I mean, I think it's awesome. Uh, you know, that's what I. I think of those boys every day, especially when I go to practice. And uh, a lot of us pray on the 22-yard line, and you know, just going out there and scoring. And you know, it's uh, you know, it's, it's a great feeling just knowing that. You know, I know, I know they'll be happy. Nick, we appreciate the time as always. Good luck in Palo Alto, and we will talk to you next week. Appreciate it. Take it easy. Nick Ford, Utah offensive lineman, joining us right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We'll get into Stanford more uh, later in the week, PK, but uh, one thing to know here, for uh, Coach and Kyle Winningham, who believes you win when you run and you lose when you can't stop the run, Stanford's had one 100-yard game rushing. And it was because a kid broke an 87-yard run during the game. Pretty easy to get to 100 if you can get an 87-yarder in the bag. And all but two teams have run for 200 yards against them. They don't run it well, and they struggle to well, stop the run. another crappy team. And they've lost three in a row. They're full of crappy is, teams on their schedule this, this year. Is, this is the all The only good up. team they played was BYU. And the only good team they will play is Oregon? No. I don't even know that Oregon's good. Oh, come on, Oregon's good. They won at Ohio State. you got to give them the least good. They're not great. The only good team they played is BYU. Blake Anderson, Aggie football coach, coming up next. This is Hanson Scotty. Let's do it. How broken is the Pac-12? Is it broken or is it just bent right now? I think it's bent. 
it's got a problem where you just can't get somebody to elevate. Look like it was going to be Oregon. It's not. Look like at times it could be Utah. It's not. If the season ended right now, there isn't a single Pac-12 team I would make an argument for to put them into the college football playoffs. Like, I love watching Pac-12 games because you never know what's going to happen and games go down to the wire and it's entertaining. But boy, is it bad for business in terms of George Kalofkoff in the conference office going, oh my gosh, we're going to screw ourselves out of another opportunity in the college football playoff. What kind of a show is this? Catch Hans Olsen and Scotty G every day from noon to 3 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Powered by kslsports.com. DJ PK and Blake Anderson joining us. Utah State football coach coming off the win over Hawaii. Coach, good morning. Good morning. Coach, you weren't down by 10 or 14. There's no dramatic come from by. You were up by 30, and you won by 20. And then I listened to the post game, and like you were pretty cranky. You felt like you, they let, you let them off the hook. Was that you being a coach? Did you have to, or did you, you have to say that kind of stuff? Or when you watch the films, you think, yeah, we were better than I thought. No, I was I was a little cranky. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I just when you get a, we gave up a 10 point run. We gave up a 15 point run. We made a couple of really silly mistakes late. Uh, you know, that's one of those games you just want to go ahead and put away. And we let those guys back to a 13-point game. And it, it, with a lot of time on the clock, I'm like, wait a minute, we're not doing this again, are we? But um, we made a few plays down the stretch, a couple kind of unique plays. You don't normally run a onside kick back for a touchdown. So that was uh, that was one we didn't expect. But uh, it, it was a good win. We came out and played early, played, played well early, which is something we've struggled to do most of the year, uh, to get up 17 to nothing. But but then we did let him go. We let him go on a ten point run. Got a little, I think, a little. We relaxed a little bit. That was frustrating, and made another run at him in the third quarter. And and then again, we we make some mistakes and let him back in. Just want to see us play a a complete game where we kind of avoid those lapses. And and so that was where the frustration came. Couple personal fouls um, of guys just kind of acting outside of character. Little things that get you beat against a really, really good football team. Fortunately, we were a little bit better than them, and especially Saturday. Uh, you know, never felt like that um, that it got away from us, just some signs of things I don't want to see, you know, that could hurt us in the future. With the energy that a new coaching staff was going to provide, combined with the amount of new players that you were bringing in, I didn't buy that it was going to be bottoming out with only two or three wins and you're going to be pathetic. I know some folks might have thought that. But at the same time, I didn't know that you would be vying for a division title and maybe beyond that we'll see how this goes i had yet the five or six win total possibility of getting bowl eligible and now you're already obviously bowl eligible what does that mean for the program your first year for these kids that are here now but also the message it sends to prospective players oh uh, that's huge i mean that's that's you're trying to build a brand and and exceed expectations every year raise them uh so that 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 you know we want to be in the mix. Uh, we didn't really talk about how many wins or bowl eligibility or anything. We haven't really up to this point. Uh, we just talked about trying to be the best team. This team was you know capable of being. And and I, I don't really understand the league. I don't really know the league. We're learning one week at a time what what each team looks like. And it's extremely competitive. I think if you look across the board in the league, a lot of people beating each other up on a weekly basis. A team win one, you know, wins one week. Next week, they can't get it done, and so we're very fortunate that we're in the position we're in with this toughest schedule that we've had 
early. And you got to give the guys credit, both the guys that have been here that went through one and five, that went through a, an ugly transition, and also the guys that chose us, you know, in the trans, trans, uh, portal, portal and, and decided to come be a part of a team that had gone one and five. So uh, there's a lot of people that have made this you know, possible, and we're not done. We're still focusing on being, you know, one degree better daily, trying to take one and oh mentality each week, but excited that we have, you know, really some, some really cool things ahead of us if we can just keep improving. Well, Coach, as someone who's uh, followed the league since San Diego State came in more than 40 years ago, I thought you could get four, five, or six wins. I had no idea you'd be battling for eight, nine, or ten wins, and that's clearly where this is going. But it does seem like the risk is that the guys mess up a game because they get fat and happy. And I wonder how much you're staying on top of them. Like, this is great, but at some point when people are winning more than they expect to win, I've seen teams in multiple sports, pro and college, uh, it's too easy, and they just let one slip through their fingers. It should never happen. So how much do you have to stay on the team about that? Well, that's that's the message every day. We'll meet today, and that's what the message will be today. I'll obviously pat them on the back for some good things they did, but but there's going to be a lot of today's meeting that's going to be the, the things we did poorly. We've, uh, we've been very, very critical all year long. I think um, – we're very quick to praise them for a great effort and attitude, and we're also just as quick to hold them accountable and be very hard on them for mistakes. I mean, making the play you're supposed to make, I mean, you shouldn't get patted on the back for that. I mean, that you should get patted on the back for, for unbelievable effort and energy, which is what we, we thrive on, because we're not more talented than the people that we're playing. I mean, everybody looks as good or better than us, so we got to out-athlete them in, in space and out-effort uh, them in space and and so we praise that, but then we are very hard and, and hold each other very, you know, highly accountable for mistakes. And, and in this game, we had several. We created two turnovers that were self-inflicted. We had some personal fouls that were after the play because of bad poor choices. We had some busted coverages that let them back in the game uh, when, when really it should have been put away. So those are the things we're going to spend our time on because you're right. It could very easily be a deal where we, we overlook an opponent this week Particularly, that's not a conference game against New Mexico State, but but clearly it doesn't affect conference play, and they're not having a great year, and it's a rough, uh, a tough road trip, and we've got to be we got to be super focused on being the best team we can be, and, and not looking at the record, looking at the standings, or patting ourselves on the back. It's a good way to get beat. Offensive line went uh, what eight sacks to one. I don't know how much of the level of the competition matters in there in determining the number of sacks, but evaluate their play against Hawaii. Well, we we ran the ball fairly well. You know, the numbers were not gaudy, but but effective, and, and that helped. We we were strategic too. Now you got to give Colorado State credit; those dudes can rush the passer. I think we've seen that every week. There's a reason they're ranked as high as they are defensively, and we got exposed. Now I thought we were a little bit smarter. This week, uh, with, with just the game plan itself, we, we did change the launch point a little bit. We did try to slow them down a little bit. But the ability to run the ball and stay ahead of the chains helped dramatically. And we're starting to get a couple guys back that have been out uh, to injuries. And hopefully over this week we can maybe get, grab another guy or two. The, the, the biggest issues we have right now are depth and, and, and health on the O-line. That has been a problem for several weeks. And it, it got exposed a couple weeks ago. We did a much better job. Saturday. Hawaii is good. They're not as powerful 
they're quick and have speed, but we did manage it better in this particular game than we have in the last couple. You know, we understand you're new to football on this side of the country, so you don't know a lot of these teams. It's unusual. Hawaii's played New Mexico State twice. You just played Hawaii. How much does that help educate you for this game coming up? Well, I think it'll help. I think it'll help a little bit. Now, I've, I've played New Mexico State a ton, to be honest with you, yeah. in my career. Uh, several leagues that we crossed over and played and haven't spent time at New Mexico and know their head coach, Doug Martin, really well. I think he does a great job with, with Les. I don't think he has given a ton of resources, and it's tough to recruit there, but he always is right in the fight. They always find a way to score points. I think seeing them against Hawaii has got to help us just in terms of the, what this guy looks like, how he runs, Physically, what do you, what, you know, what the matchups are going to be like, and and off, offensively, their system is at least spread out enough that you get an idea of, of how New Mexico State might want to play us. So it does benefit us some to to have a couple games to look at uh, against them. As you said earlier this year, I think before the season, you and I, with our Jonesboro background, since we've been to the mall there, we are family. Uh, so I followed uh, Jones uh, Arkansas State a little bit. Uh, don't know on uh, game times, though, as if you play a lot of day games. And on this side of the country, you tend to play a night game. I'm just wondering for you as a head coach, you play a day game in a beautiful setting, you win. How relaxing is it on Saturday evening then without all that stress? You know, it's funny you say that. Uh, I was walking through the hallway at 4.45 in the afternoon, and um, Coach Zuck, our linebackers coach, was sitting in his office. says, you know what's What's even better than winning a game on Saturday? He said, what? I said, winning one and being done at 4.30 in the afternoon where I can go watch other people stress out all evening. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. There's uh, only thing better than that is winning one about 11 a.m. But <laughs> it was, hey, we had great weather, uh, super good crowd as usual. And, and to get away, I thought this was a key win. I, I really did. We've battled hard to get this point. We just didn't know exactly what we were up against. There's a little bit of an unknown as to what we would see from them, how they would travel. I had a lot of respect for them out in space. So there was a lot of stress going into this particular game of the unknowns. We responded well. We won. And to be done about 4, 35 o'clock in the afternoon and be able to you know flip channels and enjoy family, that's, that's a great feeling. So did you watch San Diego State-Fresno State? That was an awfully big game I, in the other division. I, I did watch it. I did watch it. And, uh, you know, that's two really good football teams going at each other. Uh, I, I wasn't sure how that was going to finish up. But, uh, you know, I, I I knew both were really talented. I was kind of surprised at how it finished out just with how, how well San Diego State's been playing defense all season. But uh, that side of the league is, is beating each other up on a weekly basis as well. And still a lot of big, pivotal games to be played in the next three weeks. Going forward, what's your running back situation? Well, we've been by committee, and Calvin Tyler it was out this particular week with right. a broken bone in his hand. He will be back. He probably could have played on Saturday. It would have it would have been probably pretty risky to put him out, although he was ready and dressed. And, and luckily, I just thought the other guys came in and did a good job. And, and you're seeing several different guys play. Uh, Noah is, has run the ball really, really well, played physical. I mean, the very first run of the game, kind of set the tempo. We handed off power, and, and he broke two tackles and popped an explosive. And I think it just kind of gave everybody a spark, like, all right, here we go. Um, you know, John Gentry's coming in giving some some reps. Lockheed's doing the same thing. We, we'll get we'll get Calvin back, and, and I do think we miss him in the sense he's a veteran guy with, uh, with a skill set that really 
he can do everything we need to. He gives us a little bit of a burst. He's probably the the fastest of the group, and we've seen that a couple of times this year. Uh, but it, it is still going to be a little bit by committee, I think, as we move forward because each one kind of brings something different to the table. Blake Anderson, Utah State football coach, joining us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This late in the season, what do you think about going out of conference? It's not that, you know, for me, I haven't done it very often. So I think it comes at a good time uh, to some degree, you know, just kind of take the pressure off of, of you know, that win-or-go-home mentality that conference play comes with because we just – we are obviously in, in the lead in the standings, but there's no wiggle room. We, don't, we can't afford to give one up. And, and so it takes a little pressure off there. Um, but it's – to me, I mean, it's, it's, it's a pride game. It, it kind of tells you who your team is. Um, you, can you go on the road? Uh, it's not a beautiful – you know, it's not going to be a packed house, beautiful trip. It's a little bit of tough to get there. You, you typically go through El Paso and, and, and have to drive over. It's not, a, it's not a packed house environment similar to what we felt at Vegas. So it's a little unique to be playing a game this late in the season that doesn't impact your conference play. And so it's a chance to find out kind of how mature we are. Well, you don't have any wiggle room in conference right now, but you will if Fresno State at home beats Boise State. Yeah, we we uh, we may be pulling for Fresno this week to be honest with you. So, not sure that'll add any points to the board. That should be a great game. Should be a great game. We're we're in good position with uh, the tiebreakers uh, with the rest of the guys in the league. Obviously, Boise uh, they're going to play they're going to play lights out to try to maintain their their chance as well. And all we got to do is just take care of us. I mean, that's to me. We just need to focus on getting better. Still made enough mistakes to lose the game. We improve this week and, and see if we can just one week at a time be a little bit better football team. Well, Coach, thanks for a few minutes. We appreciate it, and we will talk to you again next week. Good luck in Las Cruces. Thanks, guys. Take care. Blake Anderson, Utah State football coach, joining us here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Another afternoon game, right? There'll be another chance to travel back at a reasonable hour. Enjoy yeah, not as fun as at home, though. No, at home you got more free time. You'd have to drive the 45 minutes or an hour to the El Paso airport and then, then fly back. Especially after all the close games and all the intensity. It's nice to have a breather and go home and have a burrito, whatever you're doing, and put your feet up. More burrito than taco, huh? That's the first thing that came to mind. <laughs> 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 DJ and PK brought to you in part by Lee's Heating and Air. Lee's Heating and Air, home to the award-winning line of American Standard Furnaces and Air Conditioners. Call Lee's now for their $59 furnace tune-up special or visit them online at leesheatac.com. Your feedback coming up next. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. Happy birthday, PK. What would DJ do without you? You guys are elites. Of course, it's not PK's birthday today, but it could be. But it's not. In a few weeks. Yesterday was Nick Saban's 70th birthday. Today is Gary Player's 86th birthday. And Gary Player's daughter, I think, is a Latter-day Saint. She is. Served a mission? Yeah. I mean, and DJ had told me that. Because he was proud of it, he, understandably. He, he knows all the details yeah, on guys. Mormondom. Yeah, it's okay, man. Uh, hey, that's great. You guys. It's all right. Uh, Happy uh, birthday, Snick Dog. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> you don't have permission to talk to me like that. <laughs> Ouch. What, what are you, Michael Malone? <laughs> I am. I am. That's exactly That's Michael that's my Malone. role model. I want to be him when I grow up. Wait that's a minute. I'm Michael older, Malone. I'm older than him. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Happy birthday, Snig Dog. <laughs> Jenny McCarthy's 48 today. I share a birthday with Jenny well, McCarthy. Parts of her are much younger. Hey, <laughs> try the veal. <laughs> He's here all week. <laughs> well, thank you, Jay Leno line. Somebody, uh, uh, she said her, you know what's her, all hers. And, uh, Leno's line was, yes, she just made the last payment. <laughs> <laughs> Bada bing! <laughs> Old Jenny McCarthy, man. Good for her. Yeah. <laughs> Two things in her life, and away you go. <laughs> winner, winner! <laughs> and she's cashed in big time. Celebrity in America. It's a crazy thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well... Even the Kardashians are thinking, man, that was a racket. (laughs) The Kardashians. They have no room to talk. At least their father did something (laughs) to get them all that cash. (laughs) And my godmother's granddaughter is, uh, Chris Jenner is her agent. Okay. So I'm practically in there myself well get a chunk of that cash all i need is a calabasas address and i'm good to go okay. <laughs> calabasas address <laughs> not the first thing i think of <laughs> when i think of the kardashians and the my godmother's granddaughter my godmother's son taught helicopter flying at uvu okay then yeah so bring it man it was just a Practically, uh, at this point, Courtney is a Utah resident, even though she went to the U of A, so I don't like her. I'm not sure where Kim and Chloe went. And then don't get me started on Kylie and who's the other one? The two younger ones? I'm at a loss Kylie here. and Kendall, Kendall, Kendall. Yeah, I knew I had it. Yeah. Mrs. Hatch watches that show. I don't oh, watch it. Religiously, man. I, I watch it and rewatch it to pick up on stuff I missed the first time. No, you don't. <laughs> You're lying. <laughs> lying liars I and the I've, lies they tell on the radio. I, I think I've crossed over and seen it and think, why? what? I know what. Well, I mean, why do people spend time on So this? melodramatic. Yeah, and, and how much of it is really real anyway? Uh, reality shows About are 0.0%. Yeah, there, there's, there's so much. Check the writing credits on any reality show. They've all got them. Oh, so they're written? It's a script? Juicing up the plot they line. They memorize them? They're scripted. Want you, want you oh, say man, this. I feel like such a fool. I want you to say this. Why don't you get into a beef with this person? <laughs> You're not really going to take that, are you? Here, you want to? You want to? I'll give you some lines. This will help you. Reality show at the Kinahans would be my wife upstairs watching television, and me downstairs watching sports. <laughs> <laughs> Go to your separate floors. Yep. Occasionally, if she's interested, she'll watch college football. She'll she'll do that. But those that not that can't stick with all those uh, late games on Saturday. Oh, the 8.30 kickoff, Pac-12 after dark is just too much, huh? Yeah. Second half of those games is just too late. Yeah. I did think that. that I, the BYU game moved so slowly, of course, with all the touchdowns, the untimed plays, the extra points and all that. Yeah. Second, the second half is kicking off at 10.30. Yeah. 
Virginia fans are probably glad. Then they can go to bed early. Yeah. Or go on time. All right, DJ and PK, we are out of here. Jake and Ben are coming up next. More football, a weekend full of winning on the way. Stay with us.